guys, welcome back to the pod. Um, so we're going to cover some some breaking news. Essentially, today I heard Boris Johnson made the announcement only a few hours ago. Um, but we got the news that you know, come December second, after lockdown, areas in the United Kingdom are going to be put into tiers, and depending upon those tiers, there is a chance that you guys can find yourselves back in the stadiums. Um, it was only a couple of weeks ago we actually were having beers when we very first came up with this podcast idea about how we felt about fans not being allowed in stadiums. So I'm really keen to hear the boys' thoughts around the fact that people are going to be let back into stadiums. And I just wanted to cover off exactly what it could look like. So if your area ends up into a Tier 1, um, if you're in a Tier 1 area you could be looking at having up to 4,000 people in a stadium. That could be quite a lot depending on the size of your stadium. And I think that's going to be one of the most interesting topics. Does the capacity that's allowed in change whether you're Manchester United or... Leighton Orient. Yeah, Leighton Orient. I was going to say, I was actually going to say I'm a club that's no longer around, so good job I didn't. <laughs> but the point is... It should could it be a percentage rather than a number? No, but I'm going to open up to the floor. I think it is. It's four thousand. I think the club that you said about then, Man United. I think that's the worry for me when you talk about this discussion is is fans coming from different parts of the country because when you talk about allowing four thousand people in, we all know at Man United their fans aren't really from Manchester. So you're going to have 4,000 people coming from around the country into Manchester. You're also talking about the fact that you've got not just the 4,000 people that are going in the stadium, but you're talking about the, the probably 4,000 more, if you if you underestimate that, that are going to be around the stadium, in the pubs, drinking and doing those kind of things. I think... I think it's a. I think it's great that we're that they're trying to get people back in the stadiums, but I also think there's a lot to think about with that, and not just who's going inside the stadium. Um, is it is it home and away fans? Is it is it just going to be allocated to just well, home fans? Well, there's there's a lot that hasn't obviously happened. Um, I don't know how many of you have watched many of Boris Johnson's speeches, and this isn't a political podcast, but we didn't get all the details. We probably won't know them. Quickly, but if you're sir, second when he opens it up, <laughs> well, po possibly. And what's yeah. here you fall in? But I, I just think my personal opinion is it's really interesting that they've given it a number and not a percentage of capacity. Because R Ross is right, and the whole travel part and what else does it mean to the area is a whole topic. But four thousand people sat in Old Trafford is what one in. 20 seats, something like that. I don't know, quick maths, not the best. But essentially, it's, it's, a, it's a big old gap between everyone. 4,000 people at Brentford, for instance, you know, well, you start well, to close Barbara in. Well, only held 15,000, right? Not, not even though there's people down, but I mean... It, and, and that's the part that is shocking to me because it is so different depending on the team. I can't believe that the government have just given it a number. That for me is is crazy because Ross is right. People will come from everywhere to watch United because no one in you know United don't really have that many real fans. But if you're local in Leighton Orient, that's everyone. That's everyone in the pubs. That's everyone going to the game. You know, and 
And what are they going to do? They're going to come back and change that now? I don't know if they can. The government. Well, I think I think the point comes is there's got to be some common sense on here somewhere. Currently, the UK are in lockdown. We're in lockdown. Now you're talking about opening up football stadiums. And like I say, I'm not, I'm not talking about the old Trafford. T- to me, it makes sense to do it on a percentage of your capacity. And then what else? Have you got the capacity for cleaning? We've already spoken about the League One, League Two clubs. They're struggling financially anyway. Can they open up their stadiums for 4,000 fans to then have a cleaning crew come in and disinfect everywhere? And I know there is cleaning going on and stuff like that, but we're talking about a global pandemic here. Last week we spoke about the international break and how much of a how ludicrous that was that we had players flying across. You've potentially got, you know, a Chelsea fan that's living in Newcastle getting on the train from Newcastle down to London. It, it just it just makes no sense. There aren't that many Chelsea fans, but I do see your point. I think the cleaning part though and the financial part that's also one of the reasons they're doing it. Because those smaller clubs, those yeah, revenues are going to help it. them keep so it, alive rather than falling apart. So it's a way to cry, and it, so it's just speaking without it, without thinking about the actual logistics of what go in. You 100%. know, and they just said it, and it's been like a because they're under pressure. I mean, the government's just been a bit of a mess. So you're sitting here and you're thinking, all right, how do we um, control this? How do we be safe with the environment and the virus and all this sort of stuff, then you go, well, how do we protect clubs that are struggling? We need to get them revenue and so on and so forth. So the the idea of getting people back into the stands is fantastic. I know a lot of people back at home that they live for the weekend, they live for going for the games. They love it. That's what they, they've missed. They haven't had it for six, seven months. They need it. They want it back. The importance of it is very understated, but um, very needed. We need to get people doing what their their hobbies are, supporting their clubs, so on and so forth. I think as well, and I'm, I'm sorry to you know, let you go back on, but I think when we're talking about what's really, really important, the other part of this announcement was they're going to let all outdoor sport start coming back as well. Not just, hey, you're in, but they're going to start phasing sport back in. So I thought that was a really interesting point of what you just said about how many people need to go and play, how many kids need to get back out on the field and start playing again. Yeah, absolutely. And let's be honest, this is the first time this has happened, so no one knows the full answers, which is why I think they they make a statement and then they have to do with the consequences afterwards. And there are, you know, there, there's the because the risks are so high, there are legitimate points on both ends of the spectrum that are completely valid. And it doesn't mean that these decisions are made without caring for the other side or the other view, but they're made and it's, unfortunately, it's damned if you do and damned if you don't. You don't, people are upset. They need to get out, you do. Then the people that are being caught. So listen, there isn't a, the perfect answer. I think it's a it's a, it's a a bit of a fruit to, for those that want to get back in. It's a, definitely a, a helping hand for those clubs that are in need and the families that need it too. I'm just... So excited that there's a potential for a, a successful vaccine. I would just love just to be a little bit more cautious about what you say and getting people's hopes up because if it comes around to December the 2nd and then they delay it again until after the Christmas and the New Year, all that's going to do is just rile people up and you're, you're rattling a cage with angry people already in it and it's just such a tough thing to do. I don't know what the right answer is. I would probably err on... Safety first from the the virus is my 
paramount concern. Is, is, let me jump. Sorry, Ross. Sorry, Steve. But let me jump in on this. So let's just take Leeds United for example. We spoke about their stadium in the predictor. Who? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Right, they hold thirty-eight thousand. Right. So you're talking for even if we're in tier one, we're talking about ten percent. Are you telling me that it's going to be the working class man that is getting a ticket to go into that stadium? In that ten percent. So that's my other point. So another interesting how point. How do you pick? How is who is going to get chosen well, to be that four thousand? They went for their founding members first, and then I think they went for whoever pays for the season more ticket. expensive season tickets. Nice. Then they're. But you're also yeah. going to get your touts on that as well. Like you've just mentioned, you're going to get this is going to open up a whole thing of you're going to get called in a raffle, I think, is I what think I heard they were going to talk to about. ID, so I mean, I've got into games with someone home. else's IDs before. I'm sorry, like, I think. That must be cheap. My dad uh, called me and he said that he needs a copy of my passport and everything like that because they're going to be checking all of of the people that That, are going in. That needs to happen. Necessarily do it, but if they're looking to do it, then fair play to the clubs and that's good. So I've got a question on this topic for you boys. Do you think, and I'm going to read a statement from the EFL afterwards, do you think there was consultations between the EFL, the FA, and the government before they made this. So here's the statement from the FL. Whilst today's news is subject to regional restrictions, it's an important step in achieving the return to normal, alongside it being a crucial alongside it being crucial to addressing the significant revenue gaps left by the lack of spectators. The start of that says whilst today's news is subject to regional it doesn't sound like they were prepared for that announcement then, despite, and I don't know if all of you know this. In September, EFL clubs across the Championship and League One were allowed to have 1,000 spectators in their stadiums as a pilot, and then they monitored them for eight weeks afterwards to see how people went and if they got sick, etc. And it was very, very successful, as essentially is the only feedback that's been given. But that statement doesn't sound like it's been a joint decision. It sounds like something the government has just said. I'll tell you where I feel like this has come from. It might be it might be really negative to say this, but I feel like there's a lot of pressure coming from the the Premier League. There's a lot of pressure coming from those with money to try and start getting fans back in the game. I saw a stat today that this year or this year so far, Spurs are uh, going to report sixty nine million pounds in losses. They were sixty million pounds in the in the green. This, at this point last year. So no fans in stadiums is massive. And I feel like when you look at the the deals that the Premier League were being pushed to put through and they were talking about giving the EFL 50 million, just giving them 50 million in grants, I feel like when you look at all these deals that are coming through, I feel like, of course, those in power are going to pressure and pressure and pressure to try and start getting fans in I think that the Premier League have a, a bigger impact than we realise on on government policies, and I feel like I feel like it's it's a lot of pressure from them to try and get everyone open back up, so that the Premier League don't get don't get the the job of having to bail these teams out. Which I mean, I'm not got, really got an opinion on whether that's right or wrong, but I, I do think this is coming from um, from the Premier League a little bit. Well, it's in, those numbers are interesting. Clubs from everywhere. They're worried about. They're worried about that the Premier League clubs are fine financially. Whatever happens, they're in realistically 
they will be fine. Mm-hmm. The lower leagues are the concern. They're mm-hmm. worried about having teams going into administration and folding completely. That's, that's uh, I think, the lower leagues are the big, and that's ultimately why they did the pilot with the lower leagues, because I'm sure them thousand fans helped massively. You know, in comparison, what what would have happened if they hadn't? So, you know, the four thousand fans at the lower leagues is going to help them massively. Um, at the end of the day, here's, here's my two cents, and mo- a lot of people aren't going to agree with it, and everybody's entitled to their opinion, and that's it. At the end of the day, you've got so many people with so many different opinions, and rightly or wrongly or whatever, you're never going to please anybody on any decision you make. That's why we end up having these debates on it because you're never going to you're, you're never going to agree on everything. If if people want to go to a to a soccer game, if they want to go to a football game, they they can wear a mask, they can take a hand sanitizer, they can whatever they got to do to to be safe. If they get to spread out, then they can do that. If they, they'll know the risks when they go, and as long as you try and hope and pray for a bit of common sense through there and people how how people conduct themselves, then you can hopefully be successful. If you can't go to the game and you're worried about the risk of going to a game because of health conditions, then you then you don't go. Yeah. And I, I don't I know that if I was in that situation I asked my dad because my dad's the age of, uh, over sixty five now and I asked him, I said I said, Dad are you worried about it? Are you worried that if and and I said, would you go? If they opened it up, would you go? I'd heard a rumour about they was talking about saying, well they wouldn't let anybody over the age of seventy or seventy five go to, to games. Um, but but also, you've also got to remember that the, for some of these older people, they don't have much going on That's in their life but, but the game. It's what they live for. It's, you know, it is all areas of the country. And of course, you have to be safe. You have to take the right precautions. You have to be smart for everybody. But ultimately, I feel like, and again, it's, it's, it's not, not the right answer, but if, you, if somebody wants to take the risk, then you take all the precautions you can to keep them safe. Um, but... They take the risk, you know, and they go and hopefully use common sense. I think, again, looking at it, we don't, you know, I think it is great news. It's another step towards normality. I think there's still a lot of unanswered questions and whether the Premier League and the EFL and the government have got those answers um, would be nice. But in my opinion, it is a good step forward. I believe that they probably need to look at things in a little bit more depth. And I agree with, I think it was Christian that made this comment, or maybe Steve, that now that they've released that date, they have to let the fans in. If they're in that tier, they have to let, they can't turn around and say, hey, because let's be honest, the good old football fans of the UK, when things don't go their way, it can get a little bit tasty. We were listening to something earlier on and and they were saying that, yeah, it's great that they've made this announcement, but I, I do think we are... We're talking about this maybe a little bit too early because last time they announced the tiered system, I'd be interested to actually delve into if this happened today, if they said, hey, tier one, you can have £4,000 in today, what clubs would that actually, what what clubs would actually allow £4,000 in? I don't think it's many. I've got the fans that could let, there's clubs that could let if it happened right now, and this is obviously all very kind of subject to change, but... The teams that right now that are in, currently in Tier 1 are Brighton, Southampton and Leicester. They are the only three that they're estimating. Is that Premiership teams, right? Yeah. Because the lower yes. league teams. I, I know, yeah, but 
and then right, and, and that'll go in. But <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't there also be a little bit of an issue with the large amount of London clubs? Mm-hmm. If you let in, they said that they're currently making tier two, which is what two thousand. Yeah. So you're talking so about two thousand of Chelsea, Arsenal, Brentford, QPR on Fulham. Like Chelsea, Fulham, and QPR. Same. Same. Brentford. They're they're all. Within a stone's throw. Well, well, and let the me, question is, do you have to be from that area? Chopping about. Well, let, let me tell you. Let, let me tell you this as well. Knocking about. Fact, on the, fact of the matter is, the only reason, the only reason not, Spurs are doing so well this year is because fans aren't allowed in the stadiums right now. Because Spurs would crumble with any more than any more than. I mean, we've got to hope. Spurs have got to be praying that I, this I, doesn't I, happen. I agree hundred percent. If we had if Tottenham, if that stadium was full. The weekend against Man City, I don't think we win that game because I think the Spurs. We have we have lived through so many Spursy moments. I'll say it and heartbreaks that we expect us to crumble in those moments under pressure. And actually, without any fans, it's a different. It's, it's a different it's game it's completely. Do you realise what COVID's done for your club, right? <laughs> you it took a hundred and seventy-five million pound loan from the government. In May. Well, everybody's taking big loans. No, 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 no. No Prem club other than Tottenham took a oh, government loan. Here we go. It was 175 uh, I'm, million. I'm checking that. Feel free, Google it. That one you can fact check because I've just been doing it for five minutes. Um, you took a, now it can't be used on players, right? It has to be used for club stability, etc. And I do understand why. Being an Arsenal fan, I lived through us moving stadium and having to repay it without having someone just swan in and pay for it. So I understand the difficulties. But the government barely scraped together 50 million for every single club outside of the Premier League, which makes me feel disgusting that you guys took 175. And on top of that, the company, because the stadium is set up as its own company, was paid a further 80 million to act as a hospital on behalf of the government when it was needed to be, um, what were they calling them, when they did the, the little like stand-up hospitals where you could go and have the checks, etc. I mean, COVID's been the best thing for Spurs. No fans, so they can get results. They've been paid for it constantly, and they've yeah. taken money off of everyone else in the UK that needs it. But don't we Proper all just, Spursy. Don't we just all of it are the Spurs fans around Cloud9 right now, and they're going to let in a couple of fans, and they're going to go... <laughs> and that to the that I can't wait for. <laughs> Sam, any opinions on your basically your fraudulent robbing thieving club? The only the only fact I know at the moment is Don't we're top say. of the league. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Joint, only one joint, that joint is. top, joint top, and Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> top of the league. If it stopped right now, just stop, stop the, the count. count. Stop the count. <laughs> All right, Trump yeah. from Covington, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just just to kind of touch on that as well, bearing in mind where we are, and we're coming from a very different um, context and a very different situation because we all live in the States, and I don't know if anyone back in the UK is listening and has seen some of the stuff that's going on down here. They've opened college football back up. I think last week it was that that 20,000 fans raided the field after a game. Um, We're talking about a situation where over here, it's pretty much, it's not back to normal, but it's pretty much back to a situation where you you can kind of start letting fans back in and, and maybe not to a full stadium, but we are in a situation out here where we, it's, it's not the same as back in the UK. Well, it's very let's, different. Let's also, you know, let's to go back to it again. And I want to touch on Christian's point that we're not a political podcast, but 
Can anyone tell me where this makes any sense, that the UK is currently in a lockdown, as of today, which is Monday the 23rd of November, the UK is in a lockdown, they have recorded 18, over 18,000 new cases, and we're talking about opening up friendly later. So, so, again, certainly not, but at the end of the day, like politics isn't just... A political debate when you talk about government it affects the lives of everything and football right so <laughs> the direct actions of the government affect football and it is politics but it still touches on a lot of stuff that we love and what we're talking about so it's very important to bring it up i i believe and i think the government are doing a shoddy job but at the end of the day of course they're going to do a shoddy job what what what, what is anyone's genuine expectations of the government coming through um rosy from this because what you have you have essentially a whole a whole population of people looking at you for answers and everyone's hurting and everyone's hurting in so many different ways and unfortunately money certainly doesn't grow on trees but as you can see by Tottenham doing that with their with their money and their 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 dwindlings when you would look at them and go well they're they're fine like people aren't getting the money that they need to but it's just tough because even big organizations like a football club need to so there's a lot of a lot of people with their hand out during a during a situation that is unprecedented and it is a situation that is really taking its toll on the population and taking its toll in every single possible way so whatever happens they're going to get it wrong like, yeah, at the like, end of the day i mean as i've said this from the start so it's not easy about any government anywhere in the world you, you can't keep both sides of the fence happy. Like you have, you have a really difficult decision to make. You either accept that a lot of people are going to die, but you you want the world to carry on for mental health, for the economy, for many reasons, or you go the complete polar opposite and you try and save absolutely everybody, and you shut down the rest of it. You're right, nobody wins. But here's my here's one of my thoughts around this topic today. Steve mentioned, you know, it would be great for people's mental health get back into the stadiums. How many people have been craving this? And I think we touched on it. I just don't think we spoke about it enough. Who's getting let in? It's going to be elitism. Ross spoke about the fact that college football is open to fans here. I have season, like Sam has season tickets to Spurs. I have season tickets to Georgia football here in, here in America, which is very Spurs-like. You know, they don't win a lot. Um... But that was elitism. It was those of you with the best seats, which is all down to who donates the most money, gets the tickets. And I, I genuinely, outside of clubs in the lower leagues who aren't charging a fortune, right? I can't, I mean, Arsenal's tickets are some of the most expensive in the world. They're going to be only going to the people that can afford it, not the people that really need it. And that's where I have an issue with... On, on the with it being so loose right now with regards to what's going on. To play devil's advocate, though, if you've bought one of the most expensive season tickets in the house, a box, do you not think that you should get first pick? If you've bought a box, and to be fair, if you buy a box, you're pretty much sitting by yourself anyway. But do you not feel like you should get first pick? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm who not saying they the shouldn't, as a, as but a, my point isn't that yet. My point is, I believe oh, the reason they've opened absolutely. it isn't, it's not about isn't for fun. I believe the reason they've opened it is to help the country with mental health, to stop people struggling, to help clubs stay alive, etc. And what it is, and like, it is a 
I don't think elitism as long was as in they, mind. As long as they rotate, you can't, like, if, if you're going to let them in, you are not allowed to attend a game within four games of seeing one. It's so not if, it, if, you're, yeah. if you're the first 4,000, you can't go and watch a game until the next month or something like that. Because if it's just the same ones, well, Christmas it period really would be great doesn't... because there'll be so many games in a week, wouldn't there? But hey, just... and we, we don't want to give too much away for a topic you guys <laughs> might get to hear later on in the week. Um, but I think Steve's right. Having a rotation makes sense. I don't disagree with what Sam's saying. Yeah, you paid your money. You want, you want to do something. But ultimately, the club should be taking care of that anyway. 4,000 fans for a top 10 Premier League club. So let's talk 30,000 seats and above. I think that's reasonable. John Pitt, we are, we are given, wrong? We're giving the Premier League way too much credit here. They do not care. Or they don't care who comes to watch. I'm sorry to be really pessimistic and negative. They don't care. They don't care if, if Steve comes 10 to, times. That's what I mean. I don't think it's the clubs that made this decision. No, I mean talking about rotating for tickets and rotating this but and rotating that. be on a club level? That's what I mean. Do you really think that the that our club yeah, is going to put the effort in? Boy at Tottenham gives a, they're not going to be checking. As long as they're going to they're keep pushing, they're going to get 4,000 in, they'll wait one week and they'll be like, right, okay, we had 4,000 this week. Nothing happened. Let's have ten thousand in next week. If Dan Levy can get, if he can get back up to capacity by January, he'll put as many people at risk as, as he can in, in within the guidelines. And I'm not just and saying then he'll take another line from the government to fix that. As I'm well. talking about every that rota- club. That rotation's a good idea, but I think it will go on a percentage. So the elite will get a certain percent, and they can rotate the. Um, the middle class would they are they are they doing anything trackable it will be by are they going to trace are they going to trace those that get tickets are they are they going to trace those that get tickets Uh, it costs too much money they don't I think it will I I genuinely actually the name on the tickets according to my sources back in England as a season ticket holder question for you so obviously a couple of questions for you. Number one, I'm interested to know how all that information is already known, given the announcement was five hours ago. He said sources, but, mate. <laughs> He's sorry, got sources. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Catch up or barbecue? Um, no, serious question. What's going on with your season ticket? Have you guys had your money back? Is it just being held? What's the deal? Because I think that would dictate a lot. Because if people have got refunds, it would just be the first 4,000 people buy a ticket, and I think that's easy. I believe it. I believe you get an option. Uh, believe it rolls into the next season. Right, so they're just holding on to your cash, yeah, makes some interest, and your money's held until next year. Yeah, correct. Got it. So well, the UK public essentially are covering the the shortfall in the middle for that season that they won't get money from with that government loan. But they have to. I understand no idea. Very quiet about this topic, isn't it? <laughs> At least Arsenal is a. Yeah. Don't you start, you tried laying off the Gunasaurus Rex? Well, you <laughs> yeah, let's pot. face it, Just one of your players is paying one of your staff because your club don't want to pay him anymore. Well, you just, just got an absolute... <laughs> just to clarify... <laughs> lost you it. He, he got bombarded with questions a minute ago. I'm so sorry, but to say that Spurs are embarrassing after you sacked your mascot. You followed right? everyone until you got abuse At in the media. At least we used that stadium and then went to back. open up to do... Not you just want it. 
You got forced. You didn't meet. We took the risks in allowing people into the stadium. There's no risk at 80 million pounds, is there? Well, you know, we talk about it all the time. There's a risk. It was always also the Gunnersaurus thing. I think is ridiculous that Arsenal went to let him go, but it's a complete stunt from those who would pay his wages. Because every single Arsenal player, no, 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 stop. Every single no. I, I believe Ozil should be on the field. So this is separate. Ozil, unlike every single Arsenal player apart from Ozil, took a 10% pay cut from April and they are still holding on to that to make sure every other member of staff kept their job and Ozil refused to take it. So he took 10% for one week to How pay Gunnosaurus for the year. How much is he on? 350 Why would the club do that? Yeah, that's what he might be saying. Well, why, why are players taking pay cuts? Why would the club say that? I don't know. What do you mean, why wouldn't the club do that? So you said that the club, so the players are taking a percentage of their wage to pay their staff? To make sure that the club staff keep their jobs, yeah. So they don't lose so them because the there's no that? revenue. Why isn't the, the club doing that? That's great for the What do you players. mean the club? The club itself. Why the club the doesn't do have that? enough revenue. It's a business. There's no income to pay people. Well, that's not the... Um, the, the are you talking about the owner? Is that talking about your the question? Owner, whoever owns, whoever so the, the owner, owner doesn't pay it because whatever reason the owner doesn't pay it. No, Same reason it doesn't happen anywhere so else. So then you can't have a go at Ozil then. I'm, I'm just saying that the Gunnosaurus thing is a complete public stunt. But that's probably stunt. why Ozil's upset is because like, well, why are we doing it? Why don't Big Boss Man, why don't Big Boss Man do it himself who's paying everybody? Why can't he be the one who's paying Dinosaurus Rex. Well, here's, where's his income coming from? I don't know. He's a top player. He's a top player. He's got this. And I, I agree. The Gunnosaurus thing was ridiculous. I haven't said anything against it. But Ozil paying him is just a publicity stunt. Because rather than give up what could be close to nearly half a million dollars now in what his pay cut would have been, he paid someone 35 grand. How much, was that, dinosaur How much was that dinosaur getting paid? Half a million dollars How much was he no, getting paid? Would, well, I would, but, I would for the rest of my does, team to keep their job. But what? if you didn't like, an, or, if you did oh. like an organization, I took a 20% pay cut for six months. What was the dinosaur's wage? What was he getting paid? What was his wage? How much is he getting paid? I think it's like 35 grand. 35 grand a year? How much does the hammer get? Probably not that much, I don't think. 35 grand a year? I'd have cut his wages as well. By the way, I don't know that. That's just a rough estimate. Oh, it does so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. Regardless, we've gone slightly. Oh yeah, off so it's worth the thirty-five grand a year for sure it's in dinosaur. We've gone slightly <laughs> off topic here. Barney um, won't get him paid that much. <laughs> but uh, we don't want to talk about Barney on this podcast. Why? What did he do? There's well? been some interesting allegations into Barney in the yeah, last couple of years. Uh, so did he? Yeah, we're not going to go. Hey Ross, how many times did you go on that show as a kid? <laughs> I've never had Barney that before. Have flashbacks now. Oh Oof. dear. No, in in all fairness, let's. I, I want to get your final views. I want a simple. Do you think four thousand people is a good idea? And how would you implement a return to stadium, regardless of the current government statement? I want two minutes from each person. I will start. I'm all for it. I'm okay with it. I think that they should do, for Spurs, they should do a positivity test and say, <laughs> if you're positive in your emotions supporting the club, you should be back in the stadium. If we're 1-0 up and we're holding on, if you're going to be pessimistic, see you later. That's you. So you'll be empty still, yeah? I'll take it. If it's <laughs> the league, I'll take it. 
Go on then, Roz. No, I think we had to do something. Someone had to be let in because, again, economy, everything else that we spoke about, them lower league clubs, it's so important. Got to keep them running. I think the core idea behind it is good. I think it needed a little bit more thought. We spoke about percentages and stuff like that. But, yeah, let's get some people back in. Let's start ticking the boxes again. Let's make sure people are safe. Let's make sure stuff like masks that have been spoken about so highly are enforced. You know, social distancing, how many seats are you away from the next person that's not in your bubble that I think they're still calling it in the UK. And let's just look after everybody. And I mean, let's look after everybody from making sure the smaller clubs keep ticking on from a health perspective and from a mental health perspective. Geez. Um Wish it was done different timing. I think it's ludicrous that we're the day of coming out of lockdown, you're immediately allowed to go back into stadiums. I think it's a bit bit premature. Don't see the need to do anything before this year is out. Um, use it as a 2021 entry back to football. Whatever, However you want to do it, it's just a little bit too soon. If they are going to do it, which it, it looks like they will, prove that you've got a negative test. Prove that you're a season ticket holder. Mandate masks. Mandate distances. Track. If you've got all of those that are in place, I do not see there being an issue. But it's just to get those three to 1,000 fans back into the... I think it's a great olive branch. Wish the timing was different. For it, for the reasons of getting those back into the stadium. It's going to happen sooner rather than later. I personally think that we're on a bit too premature, but it's good. Roscoe, I, I I think like like we've all said, I think that for a lot of reasons we uh, we need people need I say we people need to to be able to do something and to be able to be back doing the things that they love and are passionate about. But I do agree that it's probably come a, a, a very it's it's not really very clear. It's come. Maybe too early. They, we've got another two weeks until this lockdown is over, um, and we're announcing a number of people, and we're announcing a, a exact things about things we don't know about right now. It's not clear, and I think a lot of it relies on other announcements that have been made. And you're talking about oh, all about the smaller clubs are going to be allowed to let people in, or the bigger clubs are going to be allowed to let people in, or are we allowed to go and play sport on a Saturday afternoon, and are we allowed to do all these things? And I, I do agree that the government have tried to make a clear announcement and they've put their foot in their mouth because nothing is clear about what they've said. There's nothing clear about that announcement today. And like we've just talked for 35 minutes, we could probably talk for another three hours about about this conversation and no one would have any idea what was going on we can fact check as much as we like and it's it's just not going to help anyone be clearer about this situation so i think it was it was a nice idea it's it's a positive step but it's it's been poorly done executed yeah um all right so my final words on this i i think i started with a similar similar idea I really do think the concept itself is right. Support people who are struggling. Give people the option to get back into stadiums. I agree with Ross. I don't think the execution on delivery was anywhere near good enough. I think it was way too vague. And it's the reason why, you know, people like us just sat around the table having a conversation about it. It's because it wasn't clear. I agree with Steve that 
there's no need to do it this side of 2021. Um, but ultimately, the biggest thing for me is it really does need to be a percentage. Um, I don't think uh, a number is the right way to go about this because every club, stadium, distance, tra average distance travel by fan is going to be so different and put so many different people at risks depending on what that is. So for me, I, I really like the concept. I think it was poorly thought through and executed, but there's something there for people who are struggling, which is one of the one of my biggest, it's not a passion, but one of the things I really want, want to be involved more in, and it's quite close to my heart, is that people who are struggling have a lifeline. They have something to hold on to that they're going to be able to get back in their local club. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think we've all wrapped up fairly well there. Guys, super interesting topic, super relevant. I had a lot of fun getting to chat about that. Um, if people are listening to it, you know, this week, it's going to be super relevant. If people listen to this in March uh, 2021, maybe they look back and be like, well, these guys either got it completely wrong or completely right. It'll be interesting to see. But from all of us here at Chatting in the Channels, we appreciate you and we look forward to having you back next time. Yeah. And make sure you let us know what you think as well. And because obviously this is just us chatting, stick, stick it in a comment because I mean, it is a conversation rather than just us saying we're right and, and, and we're the only ones with opinions. We want to know what you people think and we're going to start our Twitter account this week. So so let us know what you're thinking and, and, and get in touch and, and let's have a conversation on social media because it is important to a lot of people, as Christians just said, and, and it's definitely something we want to learn more about as well. So at Chatting in the Channels, we're going to be on Twitter this week. We're already on Instagram. Um, we're already on Facebook. So, uh, so reach out to us. Oh,